Hello, everybody. It's right. I'm back. I'm back from my from my long gap there, and I'm sorry. I did it again. I, I left you hanging, but I, I was got. I got. What happened was is that I left, and I went on a little vacation, a little long weekend in New York City, about a month ago, and I got back, and I wanted to talk about it, but I knew it was going to be it was going to be an intensive show, so I kept. It's like, do I want to do it now? Do I want to do it later? And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And then I got really busy. I started singing a bunch. I had a lot of stuff to do with my business and my work. And, oh, excuses, excuses, Manoli. Nobody cares. Well, I'm just trying to explain myself to you people. So, uh, once again, I apologize. And I promise that once I get the monkey off my back, which is going to be now, things are going to be different around here. I'm going to be your loyal muser. These are the musings. I'm the muser. Or am I the Musee? Musee? Newsy. Musee. Mew. Muse. Yeah, the Muse is a Greek term, and I don't know if you know that. Um, basically, the Greeks invented everything, and I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Um, all the good things, at least. Uh, you know, we invented the Olympics of math and uh, theater and... Uh, what else? What else did we invent? Well, the point is, is that we invented a lot of <laughs> philosophy. Like, did we invent philosophy? I don't know, but we perfected it. I don't know. You know what? We we did a lot. Okay, we. I say we like I did any of it. I get to piggyback off of my ancestors' achievements. That's just that's part of the deal. You know, I'm proud of what the people before me. They had nothing to do with me. I'm proud of what they did, okay? Is that is that so bad that I, I get to claim that heritage and that culture? Is that such a big problem? I don't think so. I don't think so at all, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I don't think so. This is my show, and I can say whatever the hell I want. Um, so, what's going on? Uh, my family left, basically. They left me. They left us. He left us. Um. They're in Florida. Actually, they're all in Florida because my sister goes to college down there now. Uh, but my mom, dad, and my brother, Leo, they went down to uh, Disney, Orlando. That alarm is the worst thing. It's talking to me. I start talking to it. It thinks I'm talking to it. I don't know what the trigger code is, but if you could just kindly shut up over there. I'm trying to do a show, Mr. Alarm. Always talking. I got the dog sitting here, too. I'm sure he'll start yapping in a second. This is the strangest dog. He's either 100% full-on running around, barking like a crazed animal. I started, I started what I did was he has his red blanket, and I started being the matador. <laughs> Whenever he gets upset and he goes after the blanket, I whip it around where he can't get to it. And it's like bullfighting. I'm basically a bullfighter now, but instead of a bull with horns, it's a... 11-pound multi-boot, but you know what? I think uh, I think it's the spirit that counts. But he's either going full-blown crazy off the walls or he's sitting here looking depressed. I don't know what the deal is with him. He either or he curls up on a ball and just sits there. Sometimes he sleeps. Sometimes he just sits there and stares. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking. But it's what, either one or the other. There's no in-between. No in-between with Astro. He's a very interesting dog. I love him personally. I think he's great. He's off the queue. 
and he has a good personality, but he is something else. Very strange little, little animal. Um, anyway, so I have the football on, by the way. My team's doing really well this week. It's been my best week so far, I think, and I'm crushing the opponent, making a comeback. The comeback king is back in the house. That's what they call me, the comeback king. Anytime I'm down and out, I start surging back up, and I I, I can come close to a win, people. I, I know it in my heart. I know that Manoli is never out of the fight. The fight may be out of Manoli, but he's never out of the fight. And when he gets the fight back in him, you better watch out, people. This is the I'm rising from the ashes like the phoenix, the mighty phoenix. That's Manoli. Rising from the ashes to reclaim. Actually, it's not reclaiming anything because I never won anything. But to claim the crown. The crown of what? Fantasy football, podcasts, opera singing, life. Why not? The sky's the limit here, people. The sky is the limit. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so a month ago I went to New York City. Um, I'm going to try to recount as much as I can about that trip uh, because it, it was a good trip and I had a great time. Um, but if I missed any details, well, how, how would you know? And I, I wouldn't know. But so if I start, if I pause, that means that I'm trying to think, and my brain doesn't really work as fast as I'd like it to sometimes, especially when I get distracted watching football. But, um, anywho, uh, so, yeah, so I flew out on the 14th of October, October 14th. I took the day off of work. I had enough uh, vacation. I took the day off, and I I got up early in the morning, wee hours of the morning, yes. And uh, I tell you, my flight was at, like, some absurd time. Like five something, five thirty maybe. But uh, point is, is that I was I was at the airport like four thirty, four forty five, and uh, you know I tried doing that thing where you just stay up. It never works. It's impossible. I've stayed up till four in the morning countless times in my life. I probably stayed up more times at four in the morning than I have that I actually went to sleep before four in the morning. But if there's a flight the next day, it's just impossible. I, I'll wait till. I'll make it to almost to where, almost to where I can, you know, make it all the way through and just go to the airport and then I'll falter and I'll fall asleep and I'll get like 40 minutes of sleep. And then the rest of the day is just, I'm zombie mode. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, so I get to the airport early, right? And I, yeah, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. And I think I ate something at the airport. I can't remember. Charleston's a small airport, so there's not a whole lot of options, especially that early in the morning. Uh, yeah, so I'm there, and it's still dark out, and I go to get on the plane. They stick me way in the back. I'm all the way in the back. It's loud. I'm next to the bathroom. Uh, but I don't really care because I just slept. I, I was I was pretty cramped in there. I just slept the whole flight because, uh, yeah, like I said, I was, I'm pretty tired. And uh, that's an awful feeling, though, when you have to wake up when the plane's landing. It's like you sense when you're about to land because, you know, the lights start coming on and the plane starts moving and, you know, you kind of feel it when you're asleep. Your eyes open a little bit and you kind of look around and then you go back to sleep. I remember when we landed, all I could do, you know, when you're really tired, all you could do is open one eye. That's what I was doing. I opened the one eye. It was kind of like Katy Perry. 
Did y'all see that? That was freaky. Anyway, I opened my one eye. It's probably all red, and I'm looking around. I'm staring at the guy next to me. <laughs> looking around like the eye of Sauron. And it took me a minute. I'm lucky I was in the back because I, I needed a minute to recuperate. But hey, I was in New York, and it was like 7 in the morning. I had the whole day ahead of me. It was great. I planned it really nice. Um, made my way to the city. Got to my hotel. I stayed at the Bryant Park Hotel which, uh, to no surprises at Bryant Park, which is, uh, it's in a good area. It's in Midtown. It's, in, it's close to everything, you know. It's like a block from Times Square. It's a block from a lot of things, actually. And uh, the Bryant Park Hotel, it, it used to be, I think they called it the American Radiator Building. Or is it Radiator? I'm not sure which. People pronounce things different ways. Um, oh, here it goes. There it goes. And start barking this astro. I heard him, heard him make a noise. Um, anyway, I stayed at the Bryant Park Hotel. It used to be called the American Radiator Building. It's this old, beautiful Art Deco building, and it's really unique because it's all black brick. So it, it's black. Anyway, so I'm sorry. I had to. The power of the editing button. I had to pause it because Astro couldn't keep his little mouth shut. He started barking. I, who knows what? It just goes off. I don't know what it is. He hears something out there, and he just goes. It's freaky. Um, anyway, so this hotel was at. It's this beautiful Art Deco. I love the Art Deco style. And uh, that's part of the reasons why I like going to the city. I hadn't been there in years. Uh, I don't know how many years exactly, but years. Um, <laughs> and I love going to the city and seeing all the buildings. Uh, even the modern ones, I think they're unique looking a lot of the time. I like looking at buildings. Uh, I'm a simple man. I really just, I like to look at, um, I like to watch football and baseball. And I like, uh, I like, you know, to enjoy the occasional beverage. And I like, uh, I like to look at buildings. Is that such a bad thing? And I enjoy music. Is that, is that too much to ask? Um, but yeah, I always enjoy looking at the building. They buildings impress me. Okay. Um, just the fact that we can build things that go all that high and, uh, and then put so many of them on one Island, meaning Manhattan. And just the unique styles and the ways they look, you know, from the Art Deco, which is, you know, beautiful stuff. I mean, just, uh, you know, iconic buildings. The hotel I stayed at, Empire State Building, Chrysler Building, uh, all those stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, these are iconic achievements in American history. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like looking at the buildings. That's, I, I always like looking at that. So yeah, that buildings impress me. I think it's I think it's nice that we actually like to go up for once. Everything else just goes down. Everything else is on the decline, but we're still going up in the building department. So I I enjoy that. Um, yeah, make me feel like we're doing something good here. Um, anyway, so the hotel I'm staying at is beautiful. Um, and it's in a great location. It has a beautiful surrounding area. The park is nice. Um, the room was a little smallish, I have to say. And not, you know, it wasn't that it was small. Small was fine. I could, I, you know, you're in New York City. You expect small. There's no lighting. It was very poorly lit. I couldn't see anything. I felt like I was staying in a cave, and I had a window right there. But the window, I couldn't figure out how to close the. the they had like a curtain. And they had the blinds, right? I couldn't figure out where the blinds were. 
So I had this thick curtain and I could just see through it. I'm like, well, I have no privacy here. People just could be watching me the whole time. And I figured out that there's actually wine because I'm, I'm just an idiot. Um, I had like an indoor basketball court across the way from me. It was very odd. <laughs> it was very odd. Uh, but yeah, it was just, the room was, the room was okay. It, it the, the you you were there for the location and it's a, it was a cool building to stay in. I, I like all that old stuff. I, I'm an old kind of guy. Um, yeah, so I checked into the hotel, and they were very, uh, of course, the room wasn't ready, and I expected it to be. It was like 7.30 in the morning. Um, so I, you know, I, I dropped my bags, and they didn't even give me a slip. They just, they just said, eh, you can leave them. I dropped my bags. I checked in, and then I, I hit the road. I just started walking. I started walking and walking and walking, and I walked, I walked a lot. It was very nice, actually. Barely anybody on the streets. It was, uh, uh-oh, he's growling. Um, there was very few people on the streets, not very few, but just for New York, especially because I, I walked through Times Square. So I started at Bryant Park, walked to Times Square, walked through and I walked up. I kept going and I walked down Broadway or is it up Broadway? I'm not sure which way I was going. And, uh, yeah, so I kept walking and I walked past, uh, I walked all the way to Columbus Circle. And uh, they have a mall there. And I walked through the mall. At that point, you know, I wanted to take a rest. I mean, I had walked like a, a mile or maybe it's a mile and a half. I'm not sure. Point is, I had done some walking. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I went into the little mall. You know, the shops were just starting to open up. I, I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy a single thing the whole trip except for my food. And that's all some shows, which I'll get to. Um but yeah, it's a nice little mall there that they have. Uh, good shops. They had a little breakfast place open on one of the floors, so I, I took a rest there. I had a little double espresso action. I love a good double espresso. When you're in a hurry and you're on the road, just double espresso. You know, you sit down, you order, it takes five minutes, and then you, you're on your way. So I had it, and I walked around a little more. I walked down to the Met Opera, the Lincoln Center. I got lost. Um because I, 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 I overshot when I was walking down. I was walking on Broadway, and you have to go down. You make a left, you go down to get to Lincoln Center. I overshot, and I got lost in the bowels there in the parking garage where the stage door was. And I, I, I was just lost. And I had no idea how to get out. Finally, I figured it out. After five minutes of wandering around, I, I probably could have walked on stage to the Met at that point because it was so early. Um yeah, it was very dark, and uh, I was like, man, I, I really don't know where I am. And so I walk out, walked around there a little bit, and then uh, and then I, I decided I was hungry. You know, imagine that, Manoli being hungry. And I remember, I remember as if I ever forgot. Maybe the last time I was in the city was in 2017. Yes, 2017. Um, and it was in November. Okay, I think it was Thanksgiving weekend, and I was singing at Carnegie Hall with the big chorus. We were premiering a new work by some, I don't know, some American guy, and it was uh, me and a high school teacher and a few, few singers that she had cultivated for this. And anyway, right next to Carnegie Hall, there's this amazing Greek place, and basically, this is 
the sad state of affairs for Greek food in the U.S. Um, basically, I have to go out of my whole state to get good Greek food. The only person in the state that can make good Greek food is my Thea. At least that's readily available to me. Uh, I'm not going to find some random person and ask them to make good food. That's just not really going to work. Uh, there are Greek restaurants in South Carolina. They're, they're, none of them are particularly good. Oh, uh, at least in my book. But you know, for real authentic stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just very hard to get good Greek food. But, you know, I'm always looking for new places. And, uh, you know, if, if, if I find one, I'll be happy. But right now, i got to go out of my state to get good Greek food. That's just the bottom line. So I could either, basically, I could go to New York. Or I could go to Chicago, or I could go to Tarpon Springs. And I have family in all three, okay? Uh, Tarpon Springs is in Florida, for those who don't know. And uh, there's no easy way to get there. It's like it's like an hour, I think, north of Tampa. So, I mean, you can fly there and then drive the rest of the way, but who wants to go through the process of renting a car? I mean, that's just a big pain in the ass. Or you could drive the whole way, and it's like nine miles, uh, nine hours, so... It's really no winning there. Um, I love going there whenever I do go. I haven't been in years. I'd like to go back uh, to see my family there. But I'm just saying it's not, you know, you say, oh, it's in Florida. Well, it's it's really not that close, okay? Um, or you go to New York. And uh, anyway, this time I went to New York because I wanted to do some stuff. I went by myself, by the way. Did I mention that? I was totally alone. There was nobody with me. And you know what? Honestly, it was very nice. I got to do things. I did whatever the hell I wanted. I just walked around. There is, you cannot put a price on just walking through a city and just observing what's going on around you to me. That, that for me, is absolutely priceless. Just walking. Don't talk, no thinking, no where are we going to go. Just, just get on the street and just start walking. That's what I like to do. Start walking. That, that for me, is very, it just clears my head. I get to observe things. I get. I don't have to think about anything. I just walk, okay? And that's what I did for my whole first day. I basically just walked around. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's this great... I'm all over the place, apparently, today. Um, there's this great place next to Carnegie Hall. It's called Suvlaki GR. Now, basically, when you go to the Greek restaurant, you're going you're gonna to get one of two things, at least in the States. It's going to be... A place like this, uh, souvlaki, gyro, you know, some meze, meze, the appetizers that we like, uh, you know, casual thing, whatever. Or you're going to get, you're going to end up at some uh, estatorio or uh, taverna. And uh, as they call them here in the States, it's going to be like uh, very expensive. Uh, so you get, it's basically two varieties, varieties of Greek restaurants in the United States. The casual places and then the places that try to be real fancy and uh, like Milos. You ever been to Milos? It's very expensive. It's good food. Very expensive. Um, this is a lunch. I go to the Suvlaki GR. Okay, this place is great. You go in. It's all Greeks working there. Uh, it looks like they, their little slogan is it's a little slice of Mykonos in Manhattan. And it, it really does. It looks just like a little Greek little Greek uh, taverna or uh Uzeria, and I go in there, and I, I I got there early, right? And I'm waiting. I'm like, what time do you open? They're like, oh, we open in a half hour. I'm like, okay, I'll come back. 
because I was really looking forward to this. I was already there. I'm not going to just, but my phone was starting. My phone is old. Okay. It's like five years old. And everyone's going to be like, oh, I've had my phone for eight years. I had my phone for 22 years. And it's like, I don't care that five years is old for a phone. The battery is not great on it. Okay. It doesn't last that long. So I, I, uh, I told, was telling my father this. He's like, you got to get yourself a juice back. And I'm like, that's right. Why well, didn't even think about that? I didn't even think about it. So I said, oh, that's fine. I'll just, uh, and I said, well, this is good. I'll just go get a juice pack. I'll come back. I go to the Dwayne Reed. I go to the Walgreens. I go to another Walgreens. I go to the electronics section. I go to the battery section. I go everywhere. There's not one damn battery pack, juice pack in the whole city. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is going on? I realized that Dwayne Reed and Walgreens are the same thing there, but I, I just, I, you understand my point, okay? I went to three different places, none of them had a battery pack. I was like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, I, I'm ready to buy something. And they're like, we'll go to the Best Buy down the street. And some guy's like, oh, you can't go there. I'm like, well, why not? It's like, they flooded. The whole place is shut down. I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> Colorful characters. Um, eventually, I did find a place that had a juice pack, and I, I made good use of it. Um, Except it was huge, and I had to find creative ways to uh, lug it around. But, you know, it's my own fault. But anyway, so I, I finally I get this juice pack, and I go back to Suflaki GR. And I, I must have ate a metric ton. I'm telling you. I had Tarama. Now, Tarama Salata is a Greek caviar. It's not fancy. It's a spread. It's pink, usually. Almost always pink. And it's very, it's very good. It's light. It's a fish roast bread. You put it on pita bread. They had really nice, nice pita there. Great tarama. Highly recommend it. If you're ever, if you have never had tarama, go get it. And that's T-A-R-A-M-A tarama or tarama salata. And you can figure that out for yourself. But I hadn't had that in so long. And it, I, I'm telling you, they, they really hit the spot. It was very good. There was a lot of it, so I, I mean, I, but I ate it all. I mean, I, I was paying for it, so I made it well. It's hard to get, but uh, at least in the States. And then I had, uh, of course, I had souvlaki. The place is called Souvlaki GR. I couldn't not have souvlaki, so I had, I think I did two pork and one chicken. And that came with a ton of pita bread as well. And I had, I tried uh, some of the Greek fries. They were very good as well. Uh, this, the place is fantastic, okay? If you're ever in the city, you know, it's in a good location, Go there, go there for lunch, just have a good time. They have Greek beer, they have Greek everything. The, the lady, the, everyone there was super nice. I was speaking Greek to them as best as I could. You know, my Greek is not phenomenal, but she gave me a shot of uh, Mastika, which comes from the island of Hios, and I was very appreciative of that. And Salarm is talking to me again. Um, when she found out that my family was from Hios, it was very nice. And then very nice people that worked there, very good food. I had a I had a frappe on my way out. It was fantastic. Souvlaki GR is a 10 out of 10 in my book. I highly recommend you go there. Um, yeah, so I go there and I make my way back. Okay, so I'm walking back, walking, walking, walking. And uh, wait, which way did I go? I think I went down fifth. Yeah, I went up and I went down fifth. And I saw, you know, the I saw Rockefeller Center. I saw all that stuff, all the stuff you want to see on Fifth Avenue. And uh, I don't have more to say about that in a later segment. Uh, 
Anyway, so I get to the hotel and finally my room's ready. I'm like, oh, thank God. So I went in and I took a little nap. Um, and by that time, I was I got up and I got ready. It was time for me to get ready to go to see the show that I wanted to see, which is a big reason why I went up there. It was Idomeneo at the Metropolitan Opera, Idomeneo by Mozart. Some say his first masterpiece. Um, I think Mitridate is a masterpiece, but you know, some say that Idomeneo is the first masterpiece, which it is definitely a masterpiece, so fair assessment. Um, yeah, it's a great opera, okay? Um, not only does it take place in Greece, which I'm, you know, I'm biased, uh, obviously I'm biased in that regard, but the music is first class. Uh, it's just the plot is very intriguing. It's very, very stirring emotionally. So great show. Before I went to the show, my hotel had a sushi place in the downstairs in the lobby. Uh, koi. Koi sushi. And uh, I heard a lot about it. I said, well, it's in the lobby. I can't not go there. I love sushi, right? And uh, and I went, and I, I got there right when they opened because I, I was in the time crunch. Um, the show was at, I think, 7 or 7.30, and the place opened at, uh, I think, 5.30. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see, Koi, New York. Bryant Park. I'm trying to figure out what I ordered. Um, so this is what I got. I sit down and I say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I got a show. And they're like, oh, great. And they, they're they very attentive. They're very good about that. They did a great job. They're, the surface was fantastic. Good atmosphere. No, no complaints there. Um, anyway, so here's a sushi menu. So this is what I got. They have, oh, of course, it's not right. Nothing's ever right on the internet. Nothing is right. Oh, never mind. There it is. Um, <laughs> so I got the Northern Lights roll, which is salmon on snow crab, avocado, and cucumber roll with black truffle. And very fancy sound. And I got, I think I got double tuna. Tuna sashimi on spicy tuna roll, wasabi tobiko, and wasabi aioli. Um... And let me tell you, the sushi was very good. It was just a little, it was a little on the overpriced side. Imagine that. New York City, something overpriced. Um, it was a little, a little overpriced. I mean, listen. Uh, and I asked and I said, uh, you know, do you recommend, I'm, I'm, this is my dinner. I'm pretty hungry. Um, you recommend getting one roll too? And they're like, honestly, one roll is not going to be enough. And I'm like, all right. And they were right. One roll would not have been enough. So I got two. And it was very good. The food, the sushi is, is very good. But it cost me like 60 bucks. And I, I mean, I think the black truffle may have had something to do with that. But it just seems like a lot for normal sized sushi. Nothing really super special. I mean, it was very good sushi. It was fresh. I mean, the, 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 the rolls were good. The flavor profiles were fantastic. A little overpriced. That's my assessment of that place. If you don't mind spending, uh, by all means, go. I mean, you know, share share a few rolls, whack it up, as as we say. Um, but a little overpriced, Koi, I have to say. And it was good, but it wasn't, I don't think it was worth all of that. But, eh, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, 
But, you know, for what it was, it was fine. You know, I was in the city. I was there. I was good. You know, I wouldn't spend money either way, so I may as well. Uh, but anyway, so I go there and I go to the show at the Met. Now, the Met is a very big house. It's like 4,000 seats or something ridiculous, or maybe three and a half. I don't know. I go there and I get the. It took me forever to get there, even though I I called the Uber like, I don't know, like an hour before the show and I, I, I barely made it in. And it's not that far. It's like, like I said, it's like a mile and a half away from the hotel. So it really shouldn't have taken that long, but go figure. Um, anyway, so I get there and I go in. And I'm wearing a, I'm wearing one of my suits. I'm wearing, a, not a suit, I'm wearing some suit pants. And then I wore my double-breasted sport coat, which is very, it catches the eye. You know, it's, it's a statement to wear a double-breasted these days, especially a sport coat with the window panes. It's blue with window pane, peak lapel, of course. But wide lapels, double breasted. It's a uh, it's a pretty good coat, I have to say. Um, patch pocket. Uh, anyway, so I'm wearing that, and then I go in. I'm looking around, and uh, interesting fashion choices there. Uh, I, anyway, I go and find my seat, and the show starts. and And let me tell you, it was it's probably the best opera performance I've seen in person. Um, Really, really good. Now, the production is uh, Jean-Pierre Ponel, uh, absolute genius of a set designer, of a director, of a costume designer, whatever you want to call him. Uh, you know, obviously he's passed on, but uh, they kept they kept this production production that he did. And I'm really glad I got to see one of his productions uh, while I still can because, you know, everything gets replaced at some point, right? So it's Jean-Pierre Ponel who I'm a great fan of, his his sets, his production. Uh, it looks great. I mean, it looks like like an ancient Greek uh, city or, temp or palace or what have you. It looks very realistic. The costumes are beautiful. I mean, you can, uh, opera fans have probably seen clips from that performance. That's the one they did back in the, I think, 70s with Pavarotti and uh, Frederica von Stade and uh, some others. And uh, yeah, but... Very good. Uh, anyway, I'm sitting there and I, I'm really enjoying it. You know, the, they made some cuts. Uh, they cut a few arias, which I wasn't crazy about. The the ballet at the end, I knew that wasn't going to be in there. Which I mean, I love it personally. I wish that they wouldn't cut it, but I knew they weren't going to do it. But other than that, very good performance, honestly. Uh, anyway, so they, I think they. But it was odd. They only did it with one intermission. But there's three acts. And you could have done... You could have done one intermission here, end of act one, and then another intermission. You could have made it shorter. But instead, they did like one, I think, 40-minute intermission. I can't really remember. I don't know. I don't remember anything anymore. But anyway, I'm in there. And then I go to the bar, Okay. Now, I, I understand, I'm in New York City, I understand about the opera, and I, I get all of that. You don't have to tell me twice. But you go to the bar, and I don't know if y'all know this, I like scotch, okay? I'm a scotch drinker a lot of the time. But the thing is, is that you go to these places, and it's like you either can get some crappy scotch, like famous grouse or something, I don't know, so something awful. It's like, I don't want that. Or it's like the next step up is like Macallan 
18, which is like, okay, well, I would love McAllen 18. I'm not willing to spend uh, $90 on a two-ounce pour of scotch. It's just not going to happen. So I'm like, well, that's okay. I'll think I'll pass, especially at the Met. I mean, my goodness, it would probably be 200 bucks. But so I'm like, I'll take a Tito's. And uh, $24. Now, I understand it's a Met, but come on, y'all. For Tito's, really? I mean, I could get a big bottle of Tito's for $25 at the liquor store. I mean, I guess their heater and air bill is really high because, I mean, they're in New York. It's a big building. It's, it's very drafty. So I could see why they would charge that much, I suppose. But uh, $24, wow. <laughs> but listen, you know, it is it is a first-class opera house. Um, anyway, so once I got my $24 Tito's, I went, uh, you could go outside, right? So you could either stay inside or you could go out on the, they have a little balcony that overlooks the, the Lincoln Center, uh, with the fountain and all that. So I go out there, people are out there smoking. They're <laughs> it's very funny because hey, you think you're at the opera, you know, singing and, you know, vocal health and all that. And you, but no, they all smoke and you just walk right out there. They're like, yeah, sure. You had to wear a mask inside, which is fine. I don't really mind doing it, but you wear a mask inside, then you got you could smoke outside. But I think they dropped the mask thing, but it's just very funny the the dichotomy there. It's like <laughs> it's like all right, but um, hey, you saying I'm tying my ass? No, I'm not. I'm just it's a funny it's a funny picture. Okay, it's like in there you gotta you had to wear your mask, but if you go out there, you can do whatever you want. You can smoke a, a cigar or a cigarette. I got a brother cigar out there, but. Uh, it's just a funny image. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, anyway, I'm out there and people are chatting, smoking. I'm there by myself, of course. And uh, I walk around. I'm just going to look around. Some very interesting fashion choices. Uh, this one guy, it's like, how pretentious could you get was wearing a yellow beret. And I'm just like, you know, really? I mean, uh, wearing a beret is bad enough. I mean, come on. A beret? Really? What are you, a mime? Uh, and then it's yellow, mustard yellow on top of that. I think he was wearing a scarf, too. It's like, could you be a little more pretentious, a little a little more self-aware there, sir? Probably drinks IPAs and calls movies films and uh, all that stuff. It's very, you know, very, uh, very smart man. <laughs> With his yellow beret. I'm just like, eh, Interesting. As I sit there in my double-breasted suit like a gangster from the 1940s. But, you know, it, it, it just, you know, I can do whatever I want. It's other people that can <laughs> I'm kidding. But it was just an interesting choice. That's all I'm going to say. It's an interesting fashion choice. It's very, I, I got to say, it's very uh, art critic. Art critic. Uh, maybe that's what he is. And he wanted everybody to know it with his yellow beret. But. I got to tell you, if I was sitting inside and that yellow beret was in front of me, it might have found its way off of the balcony. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> uh, how would that happen? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I stand out there and I people watch and eavesdrop as I like to do. I like to do all of that. And I had a good crowd that night. They did. And I go back inside and then by this time it's act three and it basically gets over. Uh, as far as my assessment goes... Um, like I said, I I wish they wouldn't cut anything, but I also understand that it's a really long opera. It's three hours as it is. You had intermission in there. That's 
that's basically a four-hour affair. Um, <clears throat> but I have to say, for the most part, I think he was very good. Uh, Michael Spires, the tenor, who's rising and popular these days, was Idomeneo, and I have to say he did a marvelous job. I mean, absolutely fantastic singer. This guy gets a lot of hype, and it's absolutely deserved because he has a fantastic range, a rich voice. He has a perfect technique. I've never seen a coloratura technique on a tenor this good, at least not since the days of, I don't know, really old in the recordings. But in person, never. It is certainly in 2022. I mean, this guy is the real deal. It's like... His coloratura is melisma, so you know, for those who don't know, it's like, you know, when somebody will sing like a bunch of notes in one breath, that, that's basically it, you know, uh, oh, like that. Um, he sang uh, For Del Mar, which is the big show showpiece aria that Domineo has. I mean, the hairs on your neck just stood up. I mean, fantastic acting, fantastic singing. He sang a high D at the end. His... Like I said, his color tour was perfect. He sang it uncut, the full version, all the runs, all the trills, everything. He hit every note. He's a great actor, great voice. And people accuse him. They, they say, his voice, his voice isn't that big. Well, it's big enough for the Met. And the Met is huge. And I heard him perfectly clear. And I was sitting towards the back. And he sounded fantastic to me. So definitely a tour de force performance from uh, Michael Spires. And I look forward to seeing what he does next. Um I think he's now he's. I would consider that with most opera fans, he's probably star level now, and he definitely deserves it because he's been doing great work for decades, and uh, his voice has stayed healthy. He hasn't pushed it, and he can still do. Uh, he can still do Idomeneo, and he sings heavier roles now as well, and uh, just a really great performance. It, that that was worth the whole trip was seeing him. A uh, fantastic tenor, but one of the best singers today by far. Um, other than him, I have to give kudos to, her name is Ying Fang, and she performed the role of Elia, and she has a very pleasant voice, um, good technique, good legato, good acting, uh, Ying Fang, she, uh, I had not heard of her before this, but I look forward to seeing what she does next, I'll be following her, I'll be watching her career, because she sang Elia, which isn't the most exciting role, I mean, it has good music, don't get me wrong, but... Usually the exciting prima donna role is uh, Electra. But uh, she sang a very good Elia, and she did a marvelous job. Great control of dynamics, uh, you know, loud to soft, the forte to piano. Great phrasing. The audience loved her. I mean, after her aria and act two, I mean, they just, they just went crazy. And it was well-deserved. I mean, she was very nice voice, uh, light, but, you know, she enforced it. And it was heard clearly. It was warm. It wasn't super bright. It was light, but without being piercing or canary-like in any way. She did a really nice job. Uh, the chorus was fantastic. They have a lot of work to do this opera. Uh, they sounded fantastic. They were loud. They had to do a lot of acting. They have to do a lot of dynamics, a lot of phrasing. And they do a fantastic job. Whoever's directing the chorus now uh, is doing a great job with them. Um, the set was... I already talked about the set of the costumes. They're classic. They're great. You know, you can see it clearly from where I was sitting. I sat the grand tier, which is, uh, I think, third level up. And then I sat on the front row. So I didn't have the balcony above my head, which blocks a lot of the sound. 
but it was the seats weren't super expensive. I mean, it was a Mets, so it was a little expensive, but they weren't that bad. And I could see everything clearly. I have to crane my neck. I have to look a certain way. Because, I mean, if you sit the wrong seat at the Met, you're basically screwed. Because you could be looking straight down. You could have a pole in front of you. You could have something above your head that blocks the sound. I mean, there are a lot of ways it could go wrong. Or you could sit in the orchestra and have somebody tall in front of you, and that's just a bad look at the draw. But if you sit at one of those levels, like right in the front, you're basically good. So it's my advice for you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, fantastic performance. I can't say enough about it. Um, not everything was perfect. No, but not, I mean, what is? Uh, for the most part, the singing was very good. Uh, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish that they had broadcast it on their live in HD because Michael Spires, the Dominators, I mean, it has to be recorded soon either video or uh, audio or whatever, but uh, get this guy in the recording studio, make him do a whole, preferably uncut recording of this work. He really, he really needs to, because I've never heard any Domino like that, honestly. Um, at least not since the days of, of old, old, but yeah. Uh, so afterwards I went back to the hotel and they had a little, little bar at the bottom. It was a basement bar. And uh, I went down there and I sat down there and I figured, uh, oh, this is great. I can just camp out here. This is, you know, it'll stay open. Maybe we'll get a late crowd in and it'll be nice. I'll get to meet some people. We close at 1130. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? Really? In New York City, you close at 1130? But, like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. So I, uh, I ordered a monkey shoulder, which is a scotch. And, uh. They bring me some sort of liquid. It's clear. And I'm like, this is not scotch. And I took a sip and I was right. It was gin. And it was really nasty. But uh, <laughs> I was nice. And I said, I'm sorry. This is not scotch. And she's like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it's not scotch. I'm like that. Yeah, that was gin. I'm like, thanks. And I went drinking. It was time to go because they closed everything down. And I just went to bed because at that point I was tired. And where, where was I going to go? I mean, I'm by myself in New York City. There's, there's not so much you can do late at night, at least safely. Um it was like, you're crazy. There's a lot you could do late at night in New York City. I'm like, I know people. I know that. But I, I was tired, okay? I was tired. Um, I got up the next day, and I went to Café Undutois, which is basically on Times Square, a little French place. Uh, and I got, what did I get? I got a plate of smoked salmon. Very good. And the uh, the onions, the capers, the, the egg. All that stuff, the, the creme fraiche, and I, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. And then I got a bowl of mussels that was the size of a freaking, I don't know, cauldron. I mean, it was huge. I had never seen so many mussels in my life. And they call out a small plate. I don't know what a big plate would have been. It would have been the size of the damn ocean. I mean, there were so many. It took me like a half hour just to eat these mussels. There were so many of them. There were, I had mussels coming out of my ears. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was great. I mean, I'd much rather get my money's worth, especially in a place like New York City. Uh, and it came with Fritz, too, which is even better. I mean, Muscle Fritz is a classic thing, of course. I love it. It, had, it was like pistu mussels with Fritz. It really hit the spot. They had a little bread. They had the smoked salmon. It was a fantastic lunch because I had the show right after that. It was family opera. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
really, I mean, you've seen Phantom how many times? Uh, I've seen him probably 10, 11, maybe even 12 times in my life in various areas. But uh, Phantom's leaving. Uh, they announced it soon before I left. I'm like, well, sh- crap. I better go see it before it leaves because, I mean, it's one of my favorite musicals. I think it's gorgeous. I think the score is gorgeous. I, the story is intriguing. I think that, I mean, I just think it's a great show. And I hadn't seen it for a long time. And I was like, well, gosh, I better go see it before it leaves. And, uh, yeah, so I did. And I went and I sat, uh, again, in the balcony front row. And I got to tell you, it's still a masterpiece. I, I hate the fact that it's leaving. I know it's been there for 20 you know, almost 30 years probably, but, uh, you know, it's a classic and there's just, uh, there's not many shows like that anymore. It's just with the spectacle and the, uh, gosh, I don't know, just the, the grandness and the scale of that show. And some people say, well, it's gaudy. Yeah, maybe it is a little gaudy, but it's also, it's meant to be somewhat fun. It's meant to be somewhat poking fun at this grand theater and all this stuff. But uh, at the heart of it, you have a really, really uh, touching story, I think, or at least an interesting one. I mean, the fan is creepy. I never realized how creepy he was until I got older. Um, he's like, oh, he's misunderstood. No, he's, he's a freaking murderer and he's creepy as hell. Um, sad what happened to him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a reason he's like that, but he, he's, he's creepy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still a masterpiece. I mean, just when that overture starts and the opera house starts coming back to life, I get, I just get chills every time up and down my spine. It's just that, da, 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 da. it's like fantastic. I mean, there is no moment like that in Broadway. I don't think just the chills that you get from that and the, just the mystery and the suspense, it just rush hits you like a ton of bricks. And yeah, I'm glad I got to see it one more time. I, uh, it's a fantastic show, and I hope I get to go back. And I hope it comes back to Broadway. It probably will. You know, they've done a new production of that that tour, and they did a new one in London. And my friend Bryce, who was on the show, says it'll probably just be the London production that they bring over here. I'm like, yeah, it does. I mean, it cut costs, but I don't know. It's like, why are you going to cut? I mean, how much money are you going to save? Like, I mean, they cut the orchestra in half, which is a real shame, but. Yeah, so that was probably the last time I'll get to see it. You know, full tilt, original production, full orchestra, all of that. Um, performers did a good job for the most part. It was a matinee, so he had a few alternates in there. But, uh, you know, they did, they did a good job. I mean, the show's been running forever, and it's still great. So it was totally worth seeing again. I mean, uh, there were other shows on there. That Music Man was there. Uh, Into the Woods was there, which, I mean, those are great. But, uh yeah, I decided one last time for the Phantom. It's one of my favorites, so I saw it again. What are you going to do? Sue me. Um, <laughs> but afterward, I, uh, I've i been trying to meet up with a friend, okay? Because I have friends that live up there. And, you know, the most of them blew me off, which, you know, I guess I'll have to cut them out now of my life. No, I'm kidding. It's just they were busy. And I, it was my own fault. I didn't give them enough notice and... Uh, it was my fault. I'll, I'll take the blame for that. You know, Manoli is nothing if not fair. Um, actually, I'm usually not fair. But what was I saying? Um, yeah, so I was trying to meet up with a friend. And I posted, you know, I was posting on social media the whole time, just pictures of food and what I was doing and whatnot. Because, uh, you know, I like to show off too. Um, and uh, 
friend of mine saw it, and I had no idea he moved to the city. His name was Stray Patel. And I met him through student government back way back in South Carolina, back when I was the president of all the private schools in South Carolina, the state of a, I was the president of all the schools there. So, uh, sorry, I just got a text. Uh, private schools, I mean. I was the president of all the private schools. He went to one of them. So we got to be friends through that. And he also went to USC. He went to college with me. So And he was in the honors college. So we, we have a lot of common. Uh, I was like, dude, I had no idea you lived in the city. Because he, he texted me. He's like, why do you meet me for a drink? I'm like, I had no idea you were here. I had just, I had no idea. But I'm like, I, I got time. I mean, I'm not doing anything later. I had my matinee and that was it. He's like, well, meet me at this place. I'm like, all right, sounds good. He picked a little speakeasy because he knew I liked that stuff, the, the old stuff and whatnot. And we called up and he's a very nice guy. It was, it was great to see him. It was nice to see some friend there. And uh, you know, we had a few drinks. We talked about TV and what we've been doing. He's doing great up there. I mean, he works in a lab. He, uh, he keeps a list of every cultural thing that he sees, every place he goes, restaurant, whatever. He's really living life to the fullest up there. And I'm happy for him. Uh, it was great to see him. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to try to get him to come on the show. We had talked about it a little bit, but uh, it just, I don't know, the timing went off. But uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show. He's a good guy. Uh, but, yeah, he, and he he reached out, and we I got to meet him. And then I went, uh, you know, I said there was two different kinds of Greek places, uh, the cheap kind and the expensive kind. Well, I did the expensive kind the next night. And uh, there's this place uh off of Fifth again, Calari. Is that off of Fifth? I don't know. It's closest to a Grand Central, but it's very good. And I had a. Anyway, so I sat down and I ordered Nuzo. I talked Greek to the bartender, so he kept sending me more. And uh, I had a huge plate of octopus. I mean, octopus is like fantastic to me. I love octopus. And a uh, huge plate of octopus. It was delicious. Uh, like I said, expensive, but. Delicious all the same. Um, and But I mean, a lot of it. So I think it was meant to share, but I ate the whole damn thing. And then I got a uh, Lavraki, which is a Bronzino or Mediterranean sea bass. And that was, I don't know, probably $400. Um, no, not quite that much. But place is expensive is my point. But uh, you know what? I can't get good Greek food every now and then. I was in the city. I had been there forever. Ah, screw it. I'll spend the money. I, I expected to spend a lot that trip. And uh Boy, I lived up to that expectation. I'll tell you what. Uh, honestly, the thing that got me the most were the Ubers. That, that's that's what killed me. The Ubers. Because, I mean, just going anywhere. And that's, I only took four of them, but it cost me a ton of money. Uh, especially going to the airport. Uh, but, Calari is fantastic. One of the best Greek places in town. Um, great atmosphere. Great service. The food is delicious. The Lafraki was fantastic. I like to get the whole fish with the head and everything. I like to eat the meat. Uh, I like to eat it all. I like to eat the cheeks. I like to eat the the neck. I like to eat the, I like to eat. I like to get my money's worth with the fish. Okay, it's a whole fish. I want the whole damn thing. Some places they say it's whole, and they give you they already they debone it and they cut the head off. That ain't whole. Give me the whole thing, and they do that. They do a good job. So I went there. I went back to the hotel, and I basically crashed. And the next morning, I had to fly out. It was sad. I only got like two nights there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I had to go back to work the next day. And I, I wanted to save some vacation time and also money because I was spending, you know, you know 
decent amount there. But I had basically the whole morning. So I got up early, and like I said, I started walking. And I walked down. I walked down 6th, got all the way to Central Park, and I walked. I cut across and some breakfast place. I, don't even, I never even heard of it. There's a line out the door. I'm like, really? You, you wait in that line for that omelet? They're like, yeah. I'm like, is it that good? They're like, I don't know. I've never been. I'm like, okay, I kept walking. That kind of stuff bothers me, the whole touristy. <coughs> excuse me. Wait in line for God knows how long to get the same damn omelet you can get down the street. That, that I think is stupid. But, I mean, at least for breakfast food, it's like, I mean, how good can breakfast food possibly be? It's it's not that filling. It's not that hard to get right. I mean, do you really have to go to a super fancy place that has a line and charge you forty dollars for an omelet? Excuse me, I'm gonna take some water. It wasn't that obnoxious. Um, but it was right by the plaza too, and I, I never understood the deal with was with the plaza. I'm like, it was some famous or something for some reason. I never been in this. So I went inside, and uh, I, mean, I thought it was pretty, but I didn't think it was super great. I guess it was famous at one point. I mean, it has a great location, Central Park. So I guess I understand it for that. Oh, I need more water, but uh, yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't knock my socks off or anything. You know, the plaza, <laughs> whatever. As if I could afford to stay there. Um, but you know what bothers me is that you walk past these antique shops, right? And there was like four or five of them. And they all sell the same damn thing. It's the same old book of maps. It's the same old table with the chessboard on it. It's the same chest of drawers. It's the same statue of a frog sipping a martini sitting on a bench. It's like, how many people, like, why? how is this an antique? I see it in the same damn antique shop in all the major cities in the world. It's like, who are you fooling with this nonsense? It's the same thing. They get it all from the same things. These aren't antiques. Do, do you really think that that, uh, that that table, that brown table with the chessboard on it, that's an antique? You really think so? Tell you what, if it was worth something, it would be behind glass and be in the museum. It belongs in the museum. Um, but yeah, antiques. It's quote unquote. It's just, if you like old world furniture, that's where you shop. Antique stores. If that's your thing, old world, go to an antique store. Because that's basically what it is. It's just old world furniture shopping, which is fine. Just don't call it antique because there's nothing special about it. It's just old. Or it might not even be that old. It's probably like 20 years old, made to look old. It's the same thing every place. It's the same cabin. It's the same thing of maps. It's the same globe. These aren't antiques, people. I know because I'm an expert of I know because I am old, at least in spirit, and I know what old is supposed to look like. Okay, Manoli, twenty-two-year-old, going on sixty-two. Um, but I'm walking down Fifth, okay, and uh, I'm walking down Fifth, and uh, I have to say, uh, city wasn't very busy, and I, I tried to go. These stores, they, they don't, these stores, they don't open. They don't open early. Uh, it was like 12, and they, they weren't even open yet. I tried to go to the Brighton store just to look at watches, and they, they, they looked at me like I had eight heads. And said, they're like, we're not open. I'm like, well, why the hell not? I open up. It's, it's Sunday. People are out and about. Um, you know, it's like My Fair Lady when they're strolling down on Sunday. Is that that show? The Sunday something? Sunday strut? 
I don't know, what, what the hell is it called? I don't, I don't know. There's so much going on in, in, in the head. Um, but I'm walking down Fifth, and it's like half the stores are closed. Show Barbara's closed. All these places, it's like I was going to buy anything. I just like to look at expensive watches. That's really all I like to do. I like to look at them. I like to say, I like to uh, act like I can buy them, and I, I actually do try them on sometimes. But no intention of actually buying them. But, I, I, you know, sometimes it's fun. Um, but, yeah, then they were open. Uh, some stores were open. Uh, the Cole Haan store was open. And I'm like, oh, I could use some shoes. And I went in there and they had like the worst shoes. I was like, what, what the hell's wrong with y'all? I mean, I saw them in the window and I was like, those, those are the bad ones. I mean, they catch the eye, so I understand why they're in the window. But I went inside. It was like really crappy, just ugly shoes. I'm like, I, I thought y'all were supposed to have nice shoes. And I, I just left out. I kind of had a disgusted look on my face because I, I couldn't believe what kind of selection they had out there. Oh, Fifth Avenue. It's like I was willing to buy a pair of shoes I really shouldn't have. I, I was really in no position to buy a pair of shoes at that point because I already spent, you know, got them so much money. But I did need some shoes, and they, they just sucked it up. So at that point, I didn't want to buy anything. Uh, yeah, I walked down. Yeah, they have the North Face, the Lego store, which I'm a big fan of. I mean, forget Nike, forget Adidas, forget freaking Ferrari. I want to go to the Lego store and look at some damn Legos. I love Legos. They give me peace. I find it very peaceful to put them together. You know what I do? They started making it easier, right? It used to be that you got the Lego. It was ever how many pieces it was, and you had to open all the bags at once and sift through the pieces. Now, for 200-piece Lego, it's not that big a deal. Well, when you're building a 3,000-piece Lego, like I did with the Death Star, it took me months, okay? Now what they started doing is they started simplifying. They started doing it where you got the bag, and it said, open this bag first. Then this bag, then this bag, then this bag. And they had numbers on it. After a while, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm not getting my money's worth of these Legos anymore because I put them together too damn fast. What I do now is I just open all the bags. It's like the olden days. I'm like, man, I wish they hadn't done that. And then the, the light bulb went off. It's like, well, Manoli, you could just open all the bags at once. And I'm like, that's genius. I can't believe it. I didn't think about that. Oh, I did. And so that's what I do now. I open all the bags and it's like the olden days. It's like being, being uh, six years old again or however old I was, 8, 9, 11, 10 years old. It's like doing that again because you have all the pieces. Now I enjoy it more because it takes a longer time and the difficulties increased. I can't talk. I cannot talk today. My goodness. Um, but yeah, I went to the Lego store and it was fantastic. That was the best store. That's the best store on Fifth Avenue. It was the damn Lego store. There was a line out the door every time. And I could see why because Legos are classic. Legos are fantastic. Legos are my friend. <laughs> um... You know what's strange, though? And this is... You know what kind of store they had on Fifth Avenue? Dyson. Like, the vacuum cleaner. Um, I mean... I just don't... I don't really understand. You go to Fifth Avenue. Saks. Macy's. Gucci. Versace. Chopard, Dyson, Dyson, Lego, big name of fashion, Lego, Dyson, you go to Fifth Avenue, hey, what'd you get? I'm going down to Fifth, I'm going shopping, oh, really, really, okay, that's interesting, what'd you get? I got a freaking vacuum cleaner, really, really, a vacuum cleaner, that's what you go to Fifth Avenue to get is a freaking vacuum cleaner, where do they get the nerve, the gall, the unmitigated gall, Opens a, a Dyson store on Fifth Avenue. 
who the hell is going to Fifth Avenue buying the damn vacuum cleaner? Psycho. That's the kind of person that would do that. It's just very odd to me. It's like your vacuum's that special. I can get a damn dirt devil and do the same job. A Dyson, you got to have a store on Fifth Avenue. I mean, we're not exactly reinvented the wheel here. It's a thing that sucks air and dirt. Fifth Avenue. Wait, wait, can you test drive it? Does it have a vacuum that you could ride as a car? Because that's what it would take. I know they have the fans now with no blades and all that stuff. They, they make freaking vacuums, okay? They're a vacuum company. They don't need a store on Fifth Avenue. There, there should be no appliances on Fifth Avenue. It's like the most boring waste of space. It could have been something else. It could have been a car dealership. It could have been, uh, I don't know, more shoes, more jackets, North Face, for God's sake. Target, I don't really care. Dyson? Vacuums on Fifth Avenue? I don't think so. They had a showroom like they were making Ferraris. It's not a Ferrari. It's a vacuum cleaner. You got me going there. <laughs> I just think it was stupid. Like, why? why? Like, who, who would do that? Who would buy something from there? It's going to be marked up because it's Fifth Avenue. Are you really going to do that to yourself? But apparently they do. Um, sad. Real sad. Um, society. A day in society where we got vacuum cleaners going for $2,000 on Fifth Avenue. I don't know who I'm going to Oh, my gosh. What a sack. Um, I don't know who I'm imitating there. It's just a character that I made up. That's Minoli commenting on society. Oh, it's a sad day in the world. Sad, sad day, sad, sad times. Old man Manoli has had it with the Dysons on Fifth Avenue and the fake antique shops and the yellow berets. I've had it. Um, anyway, and I kept walking. Obviously, I didn't go in there because I thought it was really stupid. Um, so I kept walking. I went back to Undutois for brunch. And I had a I had a croque madame. And I tell you, it was a damn good croque, croque madame. If you don't know what the croque madame is, well, I, I would hope you do. But if you don't know, it's a croque monsieur, which has the the bread, the ham, the becamel, the chamois. I don't know how the hell you say that. And it has the sauce and the cheese, the gruyere. I know how to say that. And then croque madame is when you put a fried egg on top, and it was delicious. It was fantastic. It was well worth it. Because I wanted to go to the Carmines, and I love Carmines, but they weren't open. And I had to catch a flight. And uh, I said, well, I like going to Trois. It's right within walking distance of my hotel. So I went there. And, uh, yeah, I went to two places, but uh, you can sue me. The f- overall, the food was very good on the trip. The trip was great. I had a fantastic time. I got to see a friend. got to see two shows I wanted to see. A great opera performance, great Broadway performance, great food, great atmosphere. I got to walk around, which is priceless. That's priceless, just walking. Walking and looking at people and silently judging them. That's what I do. Um, no, I love people. What are you talking about? I didn't say that out loud. Um, unless they're wearing a yellow beret, in which case I will say it out loud. But... Uh, um, yeah, so then I went back and I caught the flight back and, uh, had some really bad airport food and they had a Lego store in the airport too. And I told my, I told Leo that I said, Leo, they have a Lego store right in the airport. He's like, Oh, he's like, well, can you bring me something? I'm like, yeah, I'll bring you something. <laughs> uh, so I did, but then I say flight back and I came home and boom, that was it. And it took, it took an hour for me to talk about this. And uh, I think that I don't need to go any further. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, it was a great trip. 
I hope you enjoyed my ranting. If I didn't hear that or if I just rambled on and rambled on, but it was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was nice to go somewhere on my own, experience something like that, just do whatever the hell I wanted for a weekend in the big city, the Big Apple. Saw a lot of things. I, I got to see some people. I got to talk to strangers, which I find very entertaining. And, uh, yeah, that was basically it. So, yeah, I will see you next time. I'm not going to do what I did with this. Is just put it off put it off because I do have stuff to talk about. So, I'll see you soon, okay? Thank you.